I want to try something here to see if this works. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Is that going to be too much for you, Bird? We're, we're just going to start drinking because... <laughs> Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Tasting Studios, what an intro we have already. We're good at those lately. Indeed. Uh, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Brick. And I'm Vicker. Welcome to the show. So Peter will probably be joining us a little later. He just said, gonna be late, probably joining halfway through. So, and, uh, um... When I asked about how we want to organize this show, Berg just said, I don't know, let's just start and start dropping bombs. Indeed. You know what? I might have a bomb here. (laughs) I have a... I'm trying something new. It is a sound effect. (laughs) That was a bomb. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh. I have to be careful. Some of these aren't appropriate, but anyways, we'll see what Peter thinks of my my thing. So, how you doing, Berg? Living the dream. It was an exci- exciting weekend. We actually got to meet Hannah, and more importantly, her lovely family. Indeed. Yep, they're very nice people. Mm-hmm. Vicar, did you get to meet him? Yep. Found out that we have a mutual connection. Another seminarian that I know is a friend of theirs. It's a small world, isn't yep. it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is perfect for, for oh, attention. I, I get bored. I'll just start hitting buttons. Is that going to drive you crazy, Berg? You can tell me it's, to stop. Well, you know, this is. I came prepared tonight because we are recording at night, so it's a little more, uh, you know, and appropriate. And, and you guys didn't even want to wait to for the tasting. You just wanted to to go at it. What do you have there? So this is a uh, Krogman's. Krogman's presents Smash Bill. It's got a guy that looks like uh, um, oh Stallone played him. Uh, Rambo. Rambo, right? It looks like Rambo, and it's a barrel-proof, single-barrel straight rye whiskey. So basically, it looks like me with a machine gun. Yeah, and a little bit of paint under your eyes. So you need a little longer hair and a bandana, but okay, you could you could pull it off. Though. You could pull it off. <laughs> so here we go. And you two are just pretend like you're tasting it for the first time? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> well, he is actually tasting it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I've never had this, but it's very good. And we we also have something from Hannah, too. We do? Yes. Uh, cookies? I no. bet it's a cookie beer. No. Ah. It, it's it's kind of like what you brought, except it's way more classy. Well, that's why you are wearing the shirt. His shirt says, Stay Classy, America. Yes, it's my uh, favorite. Uh, um, oh, who was that? Anchorman. Yeah, Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. So what Hannah brought us is... Oh, yeah, that's great. That's gin that I've had before. It's from Minnesota. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. So it was a lovely gift from our associate producer who came to visit, and a lovely family. Lovely family. Indeed. It's too bad they locked the bathrooms at Beads Lake, <laughs> you know, while they were camping there. So <laughs> they locked it like the night before. Wow. <laughs> But they're still open? Right. 
So, you and, know. And it, her, her husband, uh, Arthur, said, well, you know, I guess I probably could have read some more of the details about that. <laughs> I thought to myself, there's a little clerical errors in that guy. In, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Sometimes you just need to show up and figure it out. But I tell you what, this is the time of what this is the time of year I'd go camping. Because it's cool at night. You know, you're not gonna get too hot. The bugs are almost all dead. You know, uh it's really an off season. It, right. But it's it's, so. it's too cold to go shirtless though. I know, you are a beach bum. That depends how big your fire is. <laughs> that, that is true. Boy, this is gonna be great. Without Peter too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the well, text. Well, well, give me a chance oh, to get some of this oh, juniper gin. Man, you are. Mm. Oh man, you should have put that up to the mic so they no, could have heard it. You smell it? Not smell. It's not gonna hurt it pouring. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a good one. I can tell. And we're talking about education too today. <laughs> Are we talking education yeah. in this one or in the next one? Or are they both? Or neither? Well, you know, it's funny you should ask that because I was going to talk about what we were going to do this episode. You said, let's just start dropping bombs. So Okay, let's do so, it. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. So Trinity 21. Yes. So the text is John chapter 4, verses 46 through... Or, yeah, mm, that's lovely, by the way. 54. Thank you, Anna. Go ahead. <laughs> Jesus heals an official son. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them that hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So when you're preaching a, a miracle, because we preach a lot a lot of them, right, Berg? Yeah. So first of all, right? Okay, go ahead. Um I mean, don't you guys get like a like a weird sort of feeling when you read this text because it's so out of chronological order mm-hmm. from, you know, because we hear this text, right? The first miracle, like the wedding at Cana, mm-hmm. like way, you know, way back when in Epiphany, right? Right. Right. And uh, and now we're getting like the second miracle <laughs> as we're ending the church year, right? I mean, so we're talking like, I don't know, 30 weeks <laughs> difference, so, right? So what do you think the rationale is behind that? I think that the reason why it is this way, right, why the one-year lectionary I think is so powerful is not necessarily because its strength is in its chronological order, because it's not. It's in its thematic content. Mm -hmm. So each Sunday has a peculiar theme, and it teaches uh, a peculiar doctrine, Mm -hmm. right? 
And I think that's the beauty and the strength of it, uh, as opposed to a simple chronological reading, which is definitely one way to skin that cat, right? And and one thing that is nice about it, too, is we've mentioned this before, how the other readings, if you're not sure what the, the theological point of the gospel reading is, just go to the Old Testament and the Epistle, and that will help you as well. Now, it's interesting because the uh, the Old Testament is not uh, um, is not actually in the original readings, right? Because originally they only had the epistle and the gospel. Sure, sure. Right, which is I think is fascinating. So uh, here they have uh, Genesis 1, 1, 2 to 3 for uh, uh, the Old Testament reading, and then Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, the armor of God. Okay. Right? So... So probably the 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 Old Testament reading is about the creative power of the word. Just say, yeah, I would say so. I'm right. I'm sure that's what they're trying to bring out in this text. And then the epistle would be the discussion of of faith and what is faith. Mm-hmm. He believed. Now, now Jesus questions his motive a little bit, doesn't he? It's really fun here because, uh, like, Jesus is a rabble rouser. Okay, mm-hmm. so like right before this. Where is Jesus? I don't remember, Berg. Okay, so in John 2, Jesus goes and he cleanses the temple, right? All right. He gets in big trouble in Judea. Mm-hmm. And then in John chapter 3, he's talking with... The woman uh, of uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus, right? Yeah. And then... And then before, and then after that, he talks to the woman of Samaria, right. right? Yep. So it's really interesting that you know Jesus is just coming back from the big city, right, where all the action happens, and right. now he comes back to uh, Podunk, Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. You know, worthless Galilee, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and and uh, this is where he does his second sign, right? That the first sign took place in in Cana, and then this one takes place in Capernaum, and these are like the backwaters. Mm-hmm. These are kind of the places that suck, right? So not Iowa then. Well, a lot of people think that Iowa sucks, right? They think it's terrible because nothing happens here, right? And Jesus' brothers tell him to do what? Right, go show yourself at the feast, right? Mm-hmm. You know, declare yourself openly to the world. Go to a nice church in the suburbs. Exactly, right? How can you have a stadium in a town of two, you know, of two hundred and seventy-five people, right? And yet Jesus' greatest signs, you know, a couple of his his big signs, like the big seven, mm-hmm. right? These first two happen in an area that is hated and despised uh, by all the other Jews, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, how can a prophet rise from Galilee, right? Mm-hmm. That place is terrible. And, you know, Jesus is doing a lot of things that people don't like, like talking to Samaritans, right, mm-hmm. who believe. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, too, right, that he not only goes back to Cana, where he does the first miracle, uh, the first sign, but in Capernaum, you know, he's talking to this dude, and he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, what's the you there? See, in English, it kind of sucks, right? Because You don't we, know if it's uh, singular or plural. Right. We don't actually have like a singular or plural, right? Could, could be y'all. Exactly. And it actually is y'all. Right, so it's amazing that right after Jesus talked to these Samaritans, these mm-hmm. heretics, right, who only have like half of the Bible, and who worship in the wrong place, right, they believe, and then Jesus goes home, where he did his first miracle, and this dude who's supposed to be important is talking to him and is supposed to know his Bible, and what does Jesus say? Unless you 
see signs and wonders you will never believe, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a lament. It's kind of a, it's a rebuke, Mm -hmm. right? And then, right, what does Jesus say? Go, your son will live. Yeah, I mean, like, as a dad, would that be shocking? Oh, yeah. Right? Your son is ill. Give me proof. Your son is dying, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You want the doc to come. And... Uh, so this is telehealth, essentially. It, yeah. I mean, this is <laughs> Zoom, right? Um, but that's the thing. And, and the fact that he actually then... This guy believes, and he goes, right? right. No, the, the, what I like about it is, too, he, like, he like needs proof that it's a sign. He goes back and checks the timing of it. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, is he leaves in the first place, and the text actually says he believed. Right. Right? He believed by because of Jesus' word, and that's it, right? Now, the sign um, corresponds to that, right? Mm-hmm. It actually strengthens and uh, shows that Jesus' word is actually authentic. So so uh, your hymn doesn't necessarily apply, I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. He opened up his eyes before he saw the sign. Exactly. No one's going to raise you up. <laughs> Your favorite Swedish band. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Vicar. I know the song, but I don't know who sings it. <laughs> Ace of Bass. Oh, they were a great band. So you don't know Ace of Bass, Vicar? Well, I'd recognize their music. Okay. Well, oh. that, that Actually, that probably you were pretty young when that song came out. Then why do I know it? Are you guys the same age? What year was that song? Um, I'm usually pretty good at this. I would say that song is around uh, 92. That sounds about right. Did you did you Google it? No. Come I, on, check check me. I gotta you gotta see. Yeah, I was gonna say 91, but it could be 91, maybe late 91. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. The Vic, the Vicar app is working. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So ninety two. Ninety two. Whoa, you're good. Look at that. Living happy nation album. <laughs> and weren't there we all happy? There you go. Nineteen ninety two, the USSR fell. We were the sole world power. Those halcyon days. Yeah. What are you saying? We're not a world power anymore. It's China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old Uncle Sam. Anyway, so this text is about faith, right? And faith coming by the word. Wait, can you say good old Uncle Sam one more time? Good old Uncle Sam. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me laugh. (laughs) And it's interesting, right, that all of the signs that Jesus does, at least the first two, right, have to do with faith, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus turned water into wine, and his disciples believed in him, even though nobody else knew about it. Mm-hmm. And here we see that um, Jesus does this sign, right? The father believed before, but now the father and the entire household believe, right? Is there something to the the order in this sense? The, the first one was a, a wedding where he blesses uh, the, the estate of marriage, and here it is a father f- for his son, the blessing of the children being blessed by the faith of the father? It could be. I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the third sign is, so it'd be interesting to see if there's a progression there. Hey, Vicar, while we talk, find find out what the third sign is, please. Can you do that? <laughs> you can, you can use John. Google. Yeah, just do, uh, yeah, just do seven signs in John. 
Yeah. On Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever you use, Swiss Cow, right? Boy, we're really put him to the test today. That's all right. <laughs> well, we haven't done this for a vicar in a long time. Right. So, I that, mean, did you know that originally it was the vicar was an app whenever we have a goofy question that we needed answered? What, what is it? Okay, are you ready? Mm hmm. The first one you said changing water into wine. Second one, healing the royal official's son in Capernaum. The third is healing the paralytic at Bethesda. And then the fourth is feeding the 5,000. Then Jesus walking on water. Then healing the man blind from birth. Yeah, I think all these just have to do with faith. Okay. Every single one of them, right? Mm -hmm. That um, the third sign, uh, the paralytic at Bethesda, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He can't be put into the water and Jesus heals him, right? And it becomes a, dis- a discussion about faith afterwards. Same thing with the man born blind, right? right? Who I mean, this dude uh, who doesn't even know who Jesus is, right? The guy mm-hmm. who healed him actually stands up to the to the whole church, right? Who excommunicate him, right? <laughs> uh, walking on water. This is to, that's one of your favorites, isn't it? It is, right? Yeah. It is so amazing, right? That this guy uh, who wouldn't even cut the mustard, right? Mm-hmm. In uh, uh, in catechism class, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, he would fail. Like, we would all fail him. And yet, he has such a strong faith that he stands immovable when they are going to kick him out of the synagogue, and that's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Should we kind of marvel at the fact that this is a Gentile as well? Isn't the, uh, the uh, royal official a non-Jew? Um, he uh, I, could be a servant of Herod, or I I want to say this guy is a is a Jew. Though. Okay, um, I might be thinking of the centurion's right. Yeah, um, child. Right. Yeah. His yeah, because I know his servant is healed. Right. Right. Um, and that comes up in Luke again and in Matthew, um, because in Luke they actually uh, the Jews are like, hey, this dude like bankrolled our synagogue, right? This right. guy built our church, so <laughs> we should be nice to him. <laughs> yeah. So, it's kind of kind of funny when you 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 think about uh, the blind man, the way in a way he was deplatformed, you know, because he said something that no one wanted to hear. Right, they doxed him. (laughs) You know, the same thing happens today, right? I mean, it's it's really no different. Yeah. (laughs) Now we just we just do it digitally, right? Right. Like like someone will just go and say something obvious about like, hey, aren't we born men and women? And everyone's like, oh, yeah. Well, I looked at a Facebook meme, and it said, uh, you know, the NFL isn't going to put up with anybody who mistreats women or does this or does that, and then they still have O.J. Simpson's (laughs) name on the... Right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like uh, I heard a comedian once who talked about football players who get in trouble with domestic violence, and his comment was, they're basically doing their job in the wrong place. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah. Well, actually, that's very profound when you think about it, right? You know, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of sin, isn't it? I mean, a lot of sin is just maybe doing the right thing in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You know, right? right. So, kind of like deep. you know, you know, outside of marriage, you know, like you know, sexual intercourse is sinful, but within the context of marriage, sexual intercourse is a beautiful thing, right? You know what? <laughs> you know what? Right when you were, st- I was looking at my sound effects, and you started mentioning that, and I said, "I cannot do <laughs> a sound effect." Yeah, don't time. push the button. Don't push it. <laughs> don't do it. So, 
<laughs> oh, poor Peter. He's not here. But, what, ju- but what just like was violence. What's the button, though? <laughs> um. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> but like you said about violence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there is uh, a place in this fallen world for violence and protecting one's home. Mm-hmm. But when it gets directed against the home, you know. Right. Right. Um, you know, just like even with your, uh, you know, even our loves get misplaced, right? There are people who love their job more than they love their family, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's sinful too. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, really, this text is all about faith, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's all about faith, which is caused by the word, uh, even when it is very, very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Right. You know, this dude is suffering, right? His son is ill. His son could die. Uh, and he has to trust that when Jesus tells him to go away, right? Right. That, that it's actually going to be okay. Right. So, yeah. Any, anything you want to mention about it, Vicar? Well, the uh, part where Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. We've talked about before with all these miracle texts how that's exactly what we have happening during the divine service. But people forget that forgiveness of sins, the Lord's Supper, the real presence, these are all miracles. So we kind of have the same thing with signs and wonders Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. every Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, isn't that why, I mean, honestly, we spend so much time in church? Because we actually believe a literal miracle is going on. Yep. Right. I mean, and this is always the critique from the world, right? Why aren't you guys building soup kitchens? And why aren't you guys doing this? And why aren't you doing that? You know, well, because for them, that's where their priority is. Because for them, that is the only, you know, quote unquote miracle that can happen in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why for them, the divine service is really right. meaningless and it's a sham and it's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a saver unto death. Yeah, they want to see physical, tangible evidence that work is taking place. Yeah. Like the hunger. But at the same time, though, you know, it it does, I mean, historically speaking, who was it that we're taking care of? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, say we shouldn't. I mean, we've we've handed that over to the government to do those things. And actually, I would argue the opposite. I would argue that if we actually knew what was going on in the divine service, if we actually believed even partially what was going on there, uh, everything else would improve. Right. That is true. You know, hashtag change my mind. Right. <laughs> because I, because it would change your week for sure. You know, when, when you're tempted to sin, you know, knowing that you're going to commune with the God. Yeah. I just ate God. Should I, you know, smoke this joint? No, you shouldn't. Right, um, I just ate God. I should probably be better to my mom. Right, you know. I mean, these are the kind of things that it does. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were going to talk about some education stuff. Where do you want to go with this? You're the one that said just drop bombs. Okay. Well, let's go to Hannah's question then. Okay. So. Oh, then I have to find it. Right. You got it in your email there. Uh, I'm not on the, I don't have the clerical errors one on my phone. Uh, I got it. This is going to take me a minute. Let me do a sound effect while I look for it. You don't notice how much we need Peter till he's gone. It's true. 
I think anybody listening can know that we need Peter. <laughs> yeah, we need Peter even when he's not gone. <laughs> uh, so we got a couple of things. We have, you know, Hannah just did visit. Maybe we could we could make this a Hannah episode. Just answer all her stuff because she's got a top twelve list. She's got is it a sin? And uh, uh, we have a new email from Hannah about her impressions of her visit. You want to do that first? Yeah, let's do that. And then we'll get to the is it is a sin? And then we'll get to uh, her top 12. All right. Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. Right. Well, this is her her impressions. Um, I'm a little nervous to see what her impressions actually are. So, uh... Her comments. Bullhagen, as tall and buff as I expected. <laughs> Berg, shorter, grayer than I expected. About as uh, bespeckled as I expected. Vicar, I can't believe you invited your family to visit the same weekend we were coming down. And Peter, as remote as I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh... Trinity's Bible study. Wish I could have caught more than twenty minutes of it. And this morning, I was. Do you ever have those uh, those Bible studies where you just out of your element? You know, yeah. You yeah. just have like, and I had like a, a couple of my families who are the talkative ones that create discussion weren't there. Ooh, yeah, that hurts. And and I try trying something new. We're we're, we're doing. Uh, I'm trying to get just some Bible history. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, I ordered uh, the just the the Bible history from CPH. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know which one that is. They had well, it used to be called Advanced. Yeah, Bible history. Yeah, right. And so I actually use that for my catechumens, so okay. we can chronologically go through the Bible. Right. Yeah. And so because we know we get so lost in just getting like these five verses that we, how often do we actually just go over the basic facts of what's going on? Right. But only three of them came, even though I ordered them. Like it's being shipped in seven different shipments, so I don't have all the books for them to. And mm. it was, but it, it it went okay. Okay, I suppose. Um, and but she only is able to do twenty minutes of it. Saint Paul's worship service. I saw the TLH hymnody and a solid sermon coming a mile away. Uh, confirmation of a young un was unexpected, but not surprising. KJV caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Paul's parishioners. One person apparently f- figured out I was Hannah when she saw our Minnesota license plate and then saw an unfamiliar young family visiting. Word got out around that the service, or after the service, that associate producer Hannah is here. One parishioner, Kevin, came out to the playground to greet us before he left, and then Carla May invited us out t- to lunch. I thoroughly enjoyed my celebrity status, plus a lovely congregation. And Berg? I can see why you don't keep a garden. Those are the biggest butternut squash I have ever seen. What a wealth of playgrounds. Associate producer number one uh, had a great time on the six she tried. And my compliments to Mrs. Bullhagen and Mrs. Berg for the cookies and chocolate cake, respectively. Don't tell anyone, but I ate some crumbs off the cake stand when no one was looking and licking the frosting off my co-associate producer's keys. Thank you for a great weekend. Next visit, I'll set aside... Uh, time to tidy up the studio. Yikes! Yeah, I was when she was gonna come visit the studio. I was gonna clean it up, and I thought, just leave it. I mean, she's a producer. She's got to see it in its natural habitat. Right. <laughs> you know. Although you know, at times we refer to her as the producer mom, 
and maybe you know if mom's coming i'm, I'm sure that was kind of kicking in a little bit so right right okay i need some of that gin i think yes we got to get that uh we got to get this party started so <laughs> well, so those were kind of nice yeah, yeah i mean i do kjv now because uh well frankly it's there's no copyright on it and i am uploading all these things to uh, another podcast that i'm doing and so um you know what yeah i know right what and so i didn't want to get in trouble with kj with uh, new king james so you're doing another podcast how come i'm unaware of this it's just me and my wife does the editing which okay is nice, so you want to talk about it or you want no, it's just sermons and bible studies oh and okay stuff, so where can they find you at soapbox shibboleths <laughs> at, on at broberg bro <laughs> and it's on uh um patreon uh and it's um, uh, what is that one called? Podbean, but mm-hmm. it's not on Apple yet because I don't know how that works. Okay, so well, I learned now that used to be a YouTube channel, right? It did, yeah. And then I decided to go a different route with it. So okay, so this way I whatever whatever goes on uh, KMLJ for the sermon goes on that, and then I put my Bible studies on there too. Every once in a while, I'll do uh. uh a chapel, you know, like mm-hmm. for the, that I do for the kids. So, yeah, that's a pretty slick recording unit you have that clips to your, um, yeah, to my stool. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So that go directly to your iPad then? It goes directly to my iPhone, and then I can do all the editing from there. It's really slick. Okay. So I, just, I was trying to figure out how on earth to use a microphone for the funerals I was at. Yeah, I understand. It's because uh, there was no clip for it, and so I'm like, do I wrap it around my neck? What do I do? It's just this microphone just kind of dangling there yeah and then i don't know i found the clip somewhere so <laughs> but i've lost the little fuzzy thing that goes on the end oh so okay so microphones are the worst so we have a confound the clerics from our associate producer question is uh is it a sin uh is it a sin to continue having children if you have half a dozen or so already and are living in subsidized housing receiving snap benefits that's what what our discussion was at the beginning of the last podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. To find out what SNAP actually was and right. all that stuff. Right. So um I don't know how much of this is Hannah, I think she was talking to a friend maybe about this. Mm-hmm. So uh um have you been thinking about this question, Berg? Yeah, I I mean I have. Um I, I can't give a blanket answer. Um, but my, I, my, but, my first hesitation is I, I never want to say, uh, that having a child is a sin within the context of husband and wife. I have tr- trouble. Generally, I would agree with you. I'm sure there's a case where it is a sin, but, um, I, you know. Yeah. The, but the, the, but the, the, the sin part is maybe. Gener- generally, it's, yeah. I mean, I would say 99 times out of 100. See, the problem with the, part of the question is, though... See, I guess if the person, you know, if the couple is Christian, okay? Mm-hmm. If they're good Christians and they raise their children in the Christian faith, I say plunder the gold from the Egyptians. I have no, I guess I have no qualms about using uh, government stuff for these kind of things. Be- um, because they're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, this is the government's job, right? The government's job is to promote the good, and it is good to have children. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I I have one child, and we qualify for WIC. You're darn right, we're gonna use WIC, <laughs> right? Because the kid eats like a horse. <laughs> but I mean, right? I mean, the government's job is mm-hmm. to encourage good things, like the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, like having children. Um, we get we used to get ch- child tax credits, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. so I, I guess I don't I don't see the issue with it, and, es- especially when our birth rate in the United States is only one point seven. That's not even replacement. I mean, what do we want to end up like Japan, where they sell more adult diapers than they sell baby diapers, and their economy is in shambles because? No one is getting married, and no one is having children. And mm. you have all of these old people who are dying without families. I mean, I don't know. I guess I I don't see... Uh... I think part of the maybe the way people might think about it is this, is, is the priority. Because when people think of of having a lot of children, they, you know, when it comes to the bare necessities, food, clothing shelter um that does get expensive but that's not what blows out people's budget when you're having kids no i mean what kind of clothes you're wearing it's uh family vacations going out to if you have six kids going out to eat is very expensive all the things that people would assume that a nice normal middle class family should do be able to do well if you have a lot of kids it may not be as possible but are you caring for your kids? Are they getting fed? Are they enclosed? They have shelter. And more importantly, are they getting the word of God? Right. I mean, this is the real issue, right? Sure. That what is the point of going to work? I mean, really. Like, what is the point of, of going to work if it's not to provide for your family, right? The economy must always be subordinate to the home estate. It, always, it must be. It Should be. has to be. And that is the great idolatry of our age, because everybody thinks, well, let's just get the wife working so that way we can do all of these vacations and everything else. Well, what do you do? You end up, you know, giving up all of this time with your children, you know? So I, the whole point of the economy is to serve the family. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It must be. And um, I mean, what else do you have to spend your money on? Right, I mean, right. A, a boat, and and if you're if and if you're talking about, you know, the the economy and from that aspect, um, a bigger drain on the economy is having children outside of wedlock. Right, right. It's not a drain on the economy; it's a drain on civilization. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is really but if you, so. If you have a husband and wife who love each other, are faithful in God's word, mm-hmm. then. See, and this is the issue, too, with the government. The government should be supporting good things. So people who are married and having children should receive incredible tax breaks. They should. Like, that is the government's job, right? Mm -hmm. If people are having children outside of wedlock, then no, there should actually be penalties for that. Um, So, I mean, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, separation Well, the other side of that, though, is is, um, that, that what, if you didn't, have abortion laws. Yeah, I mean, abortion you, laws are evil. Right. My So my point is, is if you punish someone for having uh, kids out of wedlock, and then you also give them the choice to abort their child, then what are you incentivizing them to do? 
Well, and this is the whole issue, right? Is mm-hmm. that I mean, our our state, our state in the larger sense, like the United States of America, actually legitimizes and condones evil. It can it condones evil in no fault no fault divorces. It condones evil in that you can kill your your unborn offspring. It condones evil in that these people can sleep around and have children and then get the money and then neglect their mm-hmm. children. And and so to, I think that's a good way of, of kind of addressing this question too is is when you think of abortion, what 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 kind of things do they throw at? Well, the mothers won't be able to afford to take care of it. The child won't have the economic advantages of someone else. And they'll, they'll use the same kind of thing that the question kind of asks. Should you have kids if you can't, if you have to use public assistance? And and what that does is, in a sense, it, it, it places a value on life yeah, from I- a monetary standpoint point of view right and it turns everybody into a prostitute that's what it does because if you can put a dollar sign on somebody's worth then you're just haggling about the price Mm -hmm. and that's what's evil about it all and this is why too i mean uh yeah so the government should promote the good and it should punish the evil and our government is not doing that it is not doing the job that god has given her to do in many, many ways. So, you're thinking, Vicker. What, what do you think? Well, I was kind of thinking where paying child support plays into all this, because when when people those that are penalized might be the father, maybe, mm-hmm. but the mother probably would be able to collect government money and child support, right? So, I'm just wondering in my head why is abortion such an attractive option? Because then you don't have to deal with the kid. And the other issue is, too, is there are so many people in the United States who want to adopt, uh, but they've made it so incredibly expensive for people to adopt. Uh, I've, got, I've got friends who, uh, they've adopted, I think, three children. They're Roman Catholics, and they found out that they couldn't have children. They've adopted three uh, little girls from Florida, uh, all from the same family, you know, which is, you know, shows a trend. Right. Right. Um, but I think they've paid upwards of 50000 for each one of them, you know, which is insane. So, but... Uh, but but good for the child, though. Oh, it's great for the child. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is it, it makes such a hardship on the people who would actually, who actually want to take care of the child, who actually want to raise the child in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which is, it is a real blessing to have Christian adoption. Absolutely, and, and a lot of that's being taken away. What you'll find is there's actually a waiting list for those who want to adopt. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why it's not being promoted instead of abortion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I think there are a lot of reasons why people go for abortions, but, I mean, really, it's all selfish. Right. Because uh, it's a twisted inverse of what Jesus said. Right? Mm-hmm. In the Lord's Supper. He says, This is my body which is given for you. What do they say? This is my body. Get oh, out. Yeah. How, how's this for an interesting angle? Um uh was Mary in a position to have a baby? Uh I think her position is, you know, 
I mean, she's a virgin who gave birth to God, so. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, she didn't actually sin. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, people, so, would, yes. people would tell her, you know, look at your economic situation, look at. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joseph and Mary were incredibly poor. You can see that from the sacrifices that they give at the temple, right? They give two turtle doves. I mean, she was, and that's according to the law of Moses, right? Usually you were supposed to give a, either a lamb or a bullock, right? Um, and so they were incredibly poor. I've known lots of pastors' families, you know. Look at the prices. Like, they have 12 sons. Isn't that incredible? And mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, they probably didn't drive the nicest vehicles, and they probably didn't live in the nicest places, but they're happy. And mm-hmm. how many They're of Christians. those prices became pastors? Nine, 10, 11. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, what a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Your children are the only thing you might be able to take into eternity with you if the Holy Spirit wills it. That's a good point. Because my, my goal with the vicarage program is to have more vicars out there than prices are pastors. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think you got them beat at this point, but you know when the next generation then I'm there's another generation coming. Yep, up. yep. You'll right. be you'll be toast then. Right. I'll have to be taking on three and four vicars at a time. <laughs> Which I mean, what a what a blessing, you know. I mean, you have a, a very godly family, and uh, well, I mean, vicar. This is the this is the whole reason why you decided to go to seminary and stuff too, right? Right. Was to serve your family. Yep. You know. Um, which is such a, a wonderful thing, you know? Um, I, I just, yeah. Children are one of the greatest gifts that we can receive. And this is why I'm not against, you know, getting back to our question, I'm not against the government actually encouraging that. that that's the government's job. The government's job is to promote the good. Now, how the government does that can take a lot of, you know, different tax on that, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it be a tax credit or, you know, other programs or or whatever, right? Um, I actually think it's criminal that uh, that women don't get more maternity leave, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, I think that's evil. Um, you know, so, but anyway, you know, that's neither here nor there. Just like it's the government's job to, uh, you know, and I, this is my argument. It's not the government's job to marry people. Right. So, and it doesn't belong to the church either. It actually belongs to God, the family, the family, yeah. right? I mean, you know, that's the thing is like the government's job there is to show the impediments to said marriage, whether it be by consangui, right? That they're too closely related mm-hmm. uh, or they've been married before or whatever. And it's there to promote good marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually think uh, marriage licenses are uh, an overstep. I think uh, really marriages ought to belong within the uh, the domicile. It ought to belong within the home state. Um, this is what we see in the Bible, right? Because uh, fathers give their permission, right? Mm-hmm. Fathers and mothers give their permission. Uh, the two agree to it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what we have in common law marriages today. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't think it's a problem if I want to marry off my three daughters to some other, you know, seminary and future pastor's sons? I can arrange that, right? 
actually, I'm not 100% against arranged marriages. Now, in the scriptures, right, um, I mean, Abraham arranged, actually, Abraham didn't even arrange it. He sent his servant to do it, right? Right, yeah. Um, and that's partly because of Isaac's temperament, right? Because what is Isaac? Isaac is a very passive man, and he would have never gotten, he probably would have never gotten married had he not been betrothed to Rebecca, right? Right. Uh, Jacob, on the other hand, um, uh, Isaac kind of gives him free reign, like, to choose his own wife that way, right? Yeah. You know, he kind of sets the parameters, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean... And then I, Laban I, does his thing. Yeah, and then Laban screws it all up because he's a bad dad, right? Right. I mean, well, you he, know... he had many gods in his house, right? Right. And then, uh, yeah, we just... Yeah. So we talked about just this in, in Bible studies. We were going through the facts today. Yep. You know, that mm-hmm. Rachel and Leo then were throwing their servants at them and... Yeah, I mean, Jacob had a hard life. Like, his life sucked. Like, it was terrible. You know, you know what it kind of reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of our my wife's uh, dog, Norman, who had a, who was uh, from a, a rescue dog from a, a puppy mill mm-hmm. where his job was just to procreate and then go back to your cage. Well, yeah, I mean, and, but the world thinks, like, what happened to Jacob? It's like a dream come true, right? Right. I mean, and this is like, like you look at the strife in his household that mm. then goes on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, right? Right. But I mean, the the, the women are sitting there like trading man mandrakes for you know, first of, yeah. for conjugal time. I mean, it's terrible, right? <laughs> no sound effects on that one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is that the wrong one, or how about? <laughs> so, you know. But actually, um, I do think, like, you know, that's one thing that seminary families and even... <laughs> patriotic duty, right there. Um, are we losing you here? I'm good, I'm good. Okay. Well, that's what I, what I tease my daughters. If they don't meet somebody by the time they're maybe 21, I'm just going to arrange it. Hmm. You know, I asked for, uh, you know, uh, my parents' permission and for uh, my wife's parents' permission, too, right? Because that's important. It has to do with the fourth commandment, right? Right. Um, And I think that, you know, in some cases, parents ought to be more actively involved in getting their children married, too. Uh, I think it does depend on the children, you know? Um, Right. You know? Although whenever I've tried, it hasn't worked out so well. <laughs> what if you ask your father-in-law's permission, but he says yes, but no returns? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> then you give him a fist bump okay. and keep, you know, drink some scotch or something. I guess. <laughs> All right. So I was going to ask Peter how we're doing on time, and I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. When did we start? We've six-ish. So we might have to kind of wrap this thing up. Well, let's, yeah, let's, I don't know, let's talk another 10 minutes and then, you know. All right, well, we'll, well we got to finish the top 12. Okay, okay so, uh, you know, if they've got any questions or comments or concerns about what I've said about marriage, and I dare you to do it. I dare you to write in. So where can they get us? Well, they could email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. They could find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash clericalheirspodcast. 
or on Twitter at, at me, bro at clerical airs p p for podcast. Okay, and if they'd like to <laughs> donate, they could go to the Patreon link on our website. Oh, and every time someone someone uh, donates, you'll hear a bell. <laughs> that is not the bell that I was, you know. Is that better? <laughs> well, it kind of fits with October, I guess. Oh, you, I got a whole section of ten. I, I'm uh, I'm skipping here to try and keep it high class. Wow, you are keeping it high class. Your self con, my estimation of your self control <laughs> has really just gone through the roof here. <laughs> All right. I don't even know what this one is. Okay. All right, so you had a top 12. <laughs> yes, a top 12 uh, from Hannah. Or do you want to do yours for the education? Uh, we, we'll do the education one for the next episode, do you think? Okay, because we still have a top 12 from Hannah. Because we were doing the Hannah episode. Yeah, we should oh, do that. yeah. So this is from... Oh, so what should Peter do? Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So now it says draft, but we're going with it. Okay. And uh, Top 12 Alternate Pastoral Occupations. Okay. So like... If we leave the ministry, what are we supposed to do? But some of these are within the ministry as well. So things you do, you could, I think there are things that you could do, you can do while being a pastor. Oh, so like top 12 side hustles. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And it's by by Hannah Dastrom Auberg, inspired by her father's career path. Ooh, okay. But I don't think I, I think I would know if his, her father had done some of these things. You might not know, you know. Okay. People surprise you. Number twelve, Concordia University system board member. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, we love you, Hannah. <laughs> All right. Why is that so? <laughs> Oh my gosh, like like boards are bad enough. And then you got to go to like a super board, right, of an educational institution. Although I I do know a few pastors who really want that. Really? Why though? <laughs> that is something I do not understand. Um and I I'm on a couple of boards and I I enjoy them, but it's not it's a Lutheran Heritage Foundation, right? And and uh Lutheran uh Family Service of Iowa. Mhm. They're like every quarter, though, right? Right. Yeah. That's doable. Number 11. Lutheran's Lutheran Concerns Association Secretary. That sounds that sounds pretty bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> so not only are you getting, like, all the bad news, but you have to write it down and disseminate it to... Right. Well, any, you know, anything secretary-related... Sounds think, awful. Think of me, like, taking clear notes. Oh, that would be hilarious. You know, mailing things out. I think you just have to get one of those auditory machines where you speak into it. That, like, you know, <laughs> this, because I, I would, as a secretary, I would need a secretary. Because Let's even go. as circuit visitor, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> well, hey, at least we know that your secretary cares about us. That's right. So, yeah, she sent stuff out in the mail because uh, Pastor Bullhagen. I, I said that just, I didn't care enough about them yeah. to actually mail it. So true story. Number two, circuit visitor. Yeah, I mean, as the years go by, that gets even more like I don't, I would never want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> it keeps uh, you busy once in a while. Yeah, you, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've uh, you've had a season. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving. The pay is amazing, though. I will say that. I'm I'm sure it is. Number nine, district president. That's like a super circuit visitor. That would even, that would be even worse, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a good one, so we do. So I don't know. I would never want that job. Number eight, synod vice president. That's a little more cushy. That's like traveling. Yeah, I don't know. Attending I, meetings. I could see though where like the the VP has to do a lot of the the junk work. I you suppose. Know? I don't know. It might be cushier. Because you know when they meet, they don't like stay at this Super 8. No. No. I'm you know sure what I mean? They, I'm sure they don't. What's the one where we'll leave the lights on for you? Is that... That's Motel 6, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, how did, <laughs> how, what did your parents think of the, the, the other place they stayed at? Well, <laughs> there was no breakfast. <laughs> okay. And, and they only accept cash. Really? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's how, how many hours were they there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Peter, where are you? Um, Number seven. All right. This is this is right up our alley, right? Podcaster, YouTuber. Yeah. That's... Because that's... We do this because it's fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think what makes it what makes it a fun a fun to listen to. Right. If we if we weren't having fun, yeah, no one would listen. I don't think. Although there are times, Berg, where I'm like judging, like when you walk in the door, what kind of episode is it going to be? So, what did you think this one was going to be? Um, well, I I saw that we had several drink options. So, so is it meeting expectations? It, it is. Okay. It good. Is. Number six, a writer. Yeah, yeah I, that would be fun. I think. If I if I were to write a book, what what do you think it would be like a homiletics book? That's what I've been told that I if I were to, I've someone suggested that I would be uh, like a homiletics book or mm-hmm. something like that. I could see you entitling it. Cut that out. Right. <laughs> I was thinking more like bench press parable daily devotions. <laughs> would it be like a comedy book? It would. <laughs> there you go. Because I'll be honest, like the thought of of writing. Like an academic book, like my dad. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you could do it. I could do it. You, I could. Do you it. know, like if you got like a year sabbatical, mm-hmm. you know, and just kept at it. You but, know, but like if it's something longer, like if it's a kind of a side hustle, it'd mm-hmm. have to be something I'd enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be something that would get my create because like, you notice I, I enjoy doing creative things. Yeah, well, I think like a homiletics book would be. Up your alley, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you could entitle it "Vicar, Don't Do That." <laughs> that would be a good, <laughs> you know, you know, pitfalls. There, there and, it is, a memoir. Vicar, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Except I'd have to have all the vicars sign off on it, though. 
Well, no, you just use their sermons without giving them any, like, you know. Right, just don't, anonymous. This was from, this sermon was from an anonymous vicar. Right. You know, don't do that. <laughs> but I can't say that because, I, you know, I, I, I approve them. I work with them, mm-hmm. so. But, like, things to say, like, oh, here is this really, really long intro that just didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, uh, or. <laughs> Keep saying that word. I don't think you, it means what you think it means. <laughs> but. Yeah. Or, you know, like my dad wrote, one of the things maybe you could look at, um, we should look at is my dad wrote like a like a little book that sells at the, the bookstore in the seminary. Yeah. On pastoral theology, just general stuff. Right. I'll see if I can get my hands on one of those. No, that'd be great. It'd be, uh, that'd be good for a few episodes for sure. Um. The thing with writing is you got to keep doing it because a lot of these writing gigs don't pay very well. Right. You know, we are definitely writing for a niche market to use, uh, you know. Right. We're not going to be the next uh, Joel Osteen, you know, writer selling that. Probably not. Number five. Seminary recruiter. They are. Honestly, when I was single... Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. They they have you know you could people for that though. They they do, like you know when I was single that would have been a great job because you can travel all over the country. You know, hang out with college kids. You know, drink some beer. You know, yeah. encourage them to come to seminary. But now being married, it's like I just I I wouldn't want to do that. That that's not my that's like uh, I think that's more of a single guy's game than anything. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Well, what if you get old enough that it's not fun anymore? You mean like uh, seminary recruitment? Yeah. Well, well, hopefully you get a call. Single <laughs> and old, and you see all the young guys you're trying to recruit, and you realize at some point that's just not you anymore. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, that is a, that is a something that uh, yeah has. There's actually a, a decent amount of uh, influence that that job could have because because yeah. there could be you, you, I'm sure you come across some people where you think like. I'm not going to encourage this guy to go to the seminary. Well, and I mean, John Dreyer is one of the big reasons why I went to Fort Wayne. You know, he was a big influence on me going to seminary where I did and what I studied. And, mm-hmm. you know, these guys have a lot of influence, you know, if they if they want to. I didn't so. really have any dealings with a recruiter. Yeah, I mean, you were kind of, you know. So how about you? Was that influential for you? Yeah, we had... Uh... Reverend Fundum, he typically takes the second career guys, and uh, something we had in common is we both went to Michigan Tech. Oh. But the director of admissions realized that he was a high school colleague of my wife's at Concordia in Fort Wayne, so he took us under his back under him and uh, finished up our application. Nice. So, I thought about going to St. Louis, but I don't know. If that would have. <laughs> Number four. A second wave missionary. Okay, so like. Um, that, that, does that sound, makes it sound like a COVID. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I was thinking like a big tsunami comes through and then you're just kind of like the. Okay. But no, I'm sure that's. 
you know, there's church body already, ex- you know, established, and you go there maybe to be a theological educator. Right. Right. You know, I mean, there's something, uh, you know, there's something very compelling about work like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, like you have someone who goes and lays a foundation, and then you have someone come in. Yeah, you know, um, the thing is, is, you know, that is, that is hard work because you are living not as high as maybe what we're used to living, mm-hmm. especially in some of those parts of the world. Um, and it is, it's a great sacrifice. Uh, so, you know. Number three. A Concordia University or seminary professor. Yeah, I mean, there there's some fun there, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we got uh, Vicar number one. That's what he does. Right. You know. He's over at uh, Concordia, Wisconsin. You know, and I, there's fun to be had there. I'm sure they have their own issues, you know, their own uh, territorial spats because, like, most of academia does, you know, so. Number two. Number two, this is what I what I have pegged for you, Berg. Okay. You ready? Number two, synod president. Oof. That's like a super, super circuit visitor. <laughs> I could I just have, see you. Uh, uh, how many times would I, would Berg say, Vicar? How many times would he say, guys, listen up? <laughs> Man, it'd be like that uh, right? real sermon. Have you guys seen that on YouTube? No. Where the guy walks up to the pulpit. He's about to read the Bible, and he just sighs. He goes, <sighs> and then he starts preaching extemporaneously, and he's like, you guys are bad, and you should be better. <laughs> and Steve, you are the worst. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm not supposed to say you're the worst, but you are the worst. <laughs> we should have a top 12 list of things Berg wishes he could say. <laughs> Man, I, you know what, that has got to be one of the hardest and most frustrating jobs ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's kind of like as a pastor sometimes, someone's always going to be upset with you. Yeah. Only now you have like half a Senate upset with you. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like trying to put out a dumpster fire with, uh, I don't know, a milkshake. Peter, there's our title, Putting Out a Dumpster's Fire with a Milkshake. And number one. Father and husband. Best vocation ever. That's what I, I, I I haven't had this conversation with you yet. Maybe I have. I don't remember. You're 18. I say a lot of things. Um, And that is when it comes to a pastor's wife, the most important thing is wife. Right. You know, you were a father and a husband before you even went to the seminary. And most reasons, one of the biggest reasons I think people leave the seminary or leave the ministry is because of family issues. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very important. Um, and uh, thank you for picking up as uh, picking that up, uh, Hannah, as someone who is the child of a pastor. Yep. She's a PK. So... All right. Well, Peter's going to be mad that this is so long. We don't actually know how long it is. No, because it's in, it's like in Roman numerals or something. Wait, are those, is it's like, is that like an hour? And Well, I'm sure there's plenty to cut, so. 
He'll be happy. <laughs> so, all right. So, I guess we're wrapping this up. Wrapping, so. wrapping this up. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicker. <laughs> and may your ending be silent. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.